Dark Satellite Media. I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little something. I'm bucking, up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass, permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. Episode 113 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. I just want to get this out of the way real quick. This all this social media bullshit. Um, go to at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace on Instagram. Hit the link in the bio. It'll send you the link tree. It'll it'll bring you to everywhere, every platform where the podcast is at on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, all of that. And also follow the new podcast network that I just created, Dark Satellite Media. On Instagram at Dark Satellite Media and on Twitter at Dark Satellite M1. And that's it. And now we're here. Part two. OJ FYC. With my man Dear FYC in the building. There you go. There you go. Gentlemen. Forever Young Crew. Fuckyou.com. <laughs> oh shit. For your consumption. Uh-huh. Fuck your city, nigga. What's been going on since the last time we met up over here? Same shit, different day, bro. All right. Just on the daily grind, maintaining. I hear you. But uh, this time I'm back. With a guest. With a partner in crime. Fuck a guest. Right. Know each other for a long time. How do you how do you guys, like, meet all that stuff? And I'm going to shut up, and I'm going to let you finish telling me <laughs> shit. Well, I met OJ. Um, met OJ over 30 years ago, actually, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Back in the... Late 80s, early 90s. 89, maybe? Yeah, I would say 89. 88, 89. Right. First time I picked up a can was with OJ. Um, We met through skateboarding and through graffiti. And back then, it was kind of, those were like things that, it wasn't as popular as it is now. So when they weren't you saw, as popular, but they went hand in hand. They went hand in hand. Skateboarding and graffiti. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because they were kind of like, you know, outlier things. Like, not everybody did it. And um, now everybody does it, but... Yeah, it wasn't necessarily the cool thing. Right. You got... Yeah, it's kind of fucking weird. You got made, for, made fun of for having a skateboard. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. You know? I guess so. At that point in time, like, you know... Yeah. <clears throat> it, it's, it's weird like, because this whole skateboarding scene in New York City at that time was <clears throat> so huge and so ahead of its time with all the street skating stuff. But yet, skateboarding was nowhere to be found in the mainstream. Right. True. It was kind of making its way back still from being shunned away, sort of. Mm-hmm. Tony Hawk wasn't big yet. No, no, no. He was he, he was big, just not in New York City. Because New York City didn't have we didn't have heroes yet. But the, the the thing was, there was no skate ramps in New York City. Right. So we had to go and skate. Obviously, shit like the Brooklyn Banks, um, the Bubble Banks in Midtown, Harlem Banks, um, Marriott Banks, ASCAP, fucking CBS, all, all them plazas in Midtown, Fuji Building, and of course. One of the best areas, the, the World Trade Center, when it was the World Trade. Yo, you, it would be crazy. You go down there on the weekends, and the shit was a ghost town. There was nobody down there. Really? Nothing. Yeah. That's true. If After that, the fucking bell on Wall Street, the day was done, 
ghost town. That's crazy. So on the, on the weekends, we would go and skate all the skate plots. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then they just got to the point where they started putting security guards and fucking dogs and all kinds <laughs> of shit like but that. But I think it's important also to recognize the spots that we had on the Upper West Side. And the fact that there were very few skate shops. So we'd go to Larry and Jeff's on 3rd Avenue and 79th Street, which was actually a bike shop. But in that bike shop, they had a little skateboard section. Yep. Skateboarding was coming up. And that's where Bruno was there. From Shut. Beasley was there. These guys were like, they, they sold, they were like the sales guys, but they were also skaters. So going into the shop, they would just let you kind of hang out and they would talk to you about skateboarding. And because there was so few of us, you had like this like kind of bond, like, you know, there wasn't any other, it wasn't like a rush of people coming into the store to like buy skateboards. So I could sit, I would ride my skateboard over to Larry's and Jeff's on the, on the Upper West, Upper East Side. And I would just hang out and stare at boards for hours, hours. And Bruno was mad chill and Beasley, may he rest in peace, was very chill. He wrote on a 79. Yeah. Back okay. then. Yeah. They, 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 they were like two, like older skate guys that were they just were just dope guys and they just ran the shop anyway so we'd go there I would go there with my brother I would go there with OJ and they also sold Thrasher magazine and that was a big deal because there was no outlets for media right? Right. we're talking about 88 right yeah Not to, this is like pre every kind of technological device we had sure absolutely. it was magazines yeah there wasn't even TV shows on it. If you wanted to learn about skateboarding, you had to get a VHS tape, right. which was some contest that happened in California. Right. So it didn't relate to us, but I loved skateboarding so much that I would watch those tapes. We would watch Public Domain. Public Domain was my shit. <laughs> right? That's like, a, what is it, like the third power the third video? third power video, maybe even Because before that was Search for Animal Chin, and then, and before, then before that, that was, was the, uh, the Future Primitive. Future and Primitive. might have been one more before that, but Public then, Domain was the one with no, no, no. Lelly and the and right, Barton. right, and then after that came Bandis. Yes, Public Domain was the third one, and then Bandis was the fourth one. Yes, that's true. And from Public Domain to Bandis, that's like a huge um, shift. Yeah, yeah, huge shift, stepping stone into all the street skating. But wow. that's when things started changing somewhat, not fully. Right. But it was the beginning. It was the jump off point. Right, right. Also, I I think Rodney Mullen has a huge part in playing in all of that. Rodney Mullen used to only do freestyle skateboarding, which kind of was I guess it was some people would look at it and at think time. it was corny. But it became what right. street skating is. But Rodney Mullen took all them corny tricks that was real technical and hard. And infused it into the street skating. So now he's doing those tricks they're doing on flat, like downstairs, off the handrails, mm-hmm. fucking skating, switch stance, yeah. the opposite way, like just bizarro shit, you know? Yeah. yeah. But skateboarding back then and graffiti, what they had in common was style, right? Like sure. we were teenagers. We're growing up, and it was all about like how you dressed, how you talked, how you wrote graffiti, how you skateboard. All of these things counted. They were very important to like defining like you as a young kid in the city. It was a lifestyle, and those things blended. They they really blended together. Like, um, so you found a lot of people that love graffiti or that love skateboarding that had those those things in common. 
hey, there's, there's a, a, a bunch of friends that I made through skateboarding first and then found out later that they write graffiti. Um, FC, Gas, I know him from back in the days. Yeah. Skating. Uh, Gesner, Eli Gesner, right? Aliasha. SAC, uh, ACV, SACK. Kaz. Kaz, shit, fucking Kaz elevated my skateboard game and I elevated his graffiti game. Okay. And together we conquered fucking both. Mm-hmm. Like, skating with Kaz, we fucking. We. Well, Kaz is originally from Hell's Kitchen, so we just fucking ran Midtown. Right. Like, we. Back then you had the skate shop ODs. Mm hmm. Down by the Javits Center. You go skate all that Javits shit back then. I remember Soho Skates. So then, were you were you guys skating before you started writing graffiti? That kind of both happened at the same time. All right, so when you guys met, were you both also still writing graffiti? A little bit here and there, maybe? When I met OJ, I was a skater. And I was always influencing graffiti, but it was because of OJ that I actually made it a reality. I actually went out bombing. Gotcha. I actually took the scribbles and the tags and all the. I was shit already I was at writing. that point, and you were just writing. from us hanging out. I wasn't there. Brought him through the door with me. Gotcha. Yeah, I wasn't there yet. And Sean, and it was like hanging out with OJ got me to the point where I pushed it and made it official. And um, it's funny because before I met OJ, like, I had a bunch of different tags that I was playing around with. But the one night that we went out and I wrote Deer, it became official. And it what, just, made, what made you come up with that name? So it's funny, like, it's actually funny hanging out with a bunch of older men right now. And they're like, yo, Deer, like, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. But I, I tell you right now, I die for that name. Like, I, I, I love that name. I wasn't thinking well, you about, made it a name. I wasn't thinking about what it meant. I was actually, uh, to answer your question, I was thinking about letter connections. And I was very influenced by hand styles that I really liked. And one of them was this writer, Spade. And I liked the way he ended his tag, with the D-E at the end of his tag. And I copied it, and I wrote it. And I went through the, the, you know, the, the dictionary, if you will, of tags that no one had that had D-E in it. And I realized I hadn't seen deer as a tag, and I liked the R in it. So for me, it was a decision based out of letter forms and how I could write it and how I would be able to, to own those letters and finesse it more so than what the word meant. There's a lot of people that select their name based on what the word means. Sure. I learned later what it meant, and I've come to embrace it. I've come to like understand that, like, yeah, I'm a sensitive young Young man, I'm a young deer. <laughs> but at the time, you know, it's Fine a little, young when you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you're trying to be tough and people are calling you deer, it doesn't really work out. <laughs> but as I've become older, you know, it is what it is. It really is that word. I embrace it. It's, it's like I, I, my daughter's middle name is deer, you know, like. Okay. Oh, that's fresh. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's part of me. Is part of me. Graffiti is part of me because of experiences that I've had with OJ oh, and man. other friends of ours. We'll get into those. We'll right. get into the war stories. <laughs> but really, like, I think what everyone who's listening to this podcast, if you're tuning in and you think about any kind of crossovers that you have, whether it's graffiti or skateboarding or being young in New York City, it's about being 
that, that feeling of being invincible, that feeling of being out with your friends. And every night, you don't know what it's going to be. And you're going to get into something fun. You're going to have some new story to tell. Yeah. You know, that's what it was for us. It just happened to be that at that time, graffiti was one vehicle. Skateboarding was another vehicle. Skateboarding served two purposes. One was the physical part of it. But also in New York City, it took us from neighborhood to neighborhood. Sure. It was our transportation. It was, it was a lot of travel. It was, yeah, it was, it was free. And we yeah. would go from neighborhood to neighborhood. And like I said, we would go to Larry's and Jeff's. We'd go to Soho Skates. We'd go wherever. We'd go to skate spots. We'd have markers with us. But it was just a way to get around the city. Yeah. And then, you know, you'd run into other little groups of skaters. And then now, before you know it, you got like four or five little groups fucking mobbing down the street, wilding out. Right. You know, <laughs> terrorizing people a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know. Dope. So you want to get into war stories? Of, well, I'm well sure we can start. We can start. We can start with. We we have stories for sure. We, have, sure. we got chapters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. We can kick it off with something real, like early stuff. Like OJ. One thing that OJ did for me is that I I fell in love with graffiti through the movie Beat Street. Right, Beat Street from like '84. I'm eight years old. I see this movie and Rameau and the whole idea of graffiti is incredible to me and it blows my mind. And sure, I want to do that. that I want to do that. But it was when I met OJ that it finally like coalesced and, and, and became concrete and we went out and did it. Um, one of the things, I, I, you know, I'll never forget is the missions that. We were yeah, that, that, that's that's my whole favorite part of this shit is actually. You know, it was a lot of work back then. Like, you didn't, you wasn't able to go to Canal Street or go online and order caps and ink and and empty markers and pre-made shit. Part of actually, actually, the big thing about being a successful graffiti writer, in my opinion, then, you know, aside from mastering your, your, what you put on the wall... You had to know how to go racking because you couldn't buy caps. So you had to rack caps. Yeah. Well, we also you were know? teenagers. We didn't have jobs. We were in school. We <laughs> well, didn't have the money. Yeah, that, that's another crazy thing about graffiti back then. Most people, by the time they were graduating high school, graffiti ended. I think. Right. Phase one, the golden era, like the train era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We came up with like the first generation the where you keep riding past the streets and the gates and, right. and, and trucks and, and, and vans and things like that. Um, what I wanted to say, actually, and I remember is that like OJ pushed me to take those like ideas around Beat Street and those inspirations and actually do it. And he pushed me and we pushed each other. Um, skateboarding is nothing where you push each other through your skill set. But OJ really challenged me to like get over fears, get over this like idea of like, no, we can do it. And we would. We would go out and just mm. blast the Manhattan Bridge. <laughs> so the first time I did the Manhattan Bridge was with Deer. Right. right? And th- yo, this is now, mind you, this is, I want to say like maybe 95, 96, yeah, I, yeah. around that. 95, 96, yep. yeah. Yep. And this is when. The Williamsburg Bridge was about to be fucking no longer because right. they needed to fix it. Right. That was the worst bridge in New York. Sure. You fucking didn't know if you was going to make it going over that bridge. <laughs> right. And then same thing with the Manhattan Bridge. There was no there was no walkway to walk over the bridge. That shit was all fucking nothing there, gone. <coughs> right. 
And if you walk the tracks in the Manhattan Bridge now, there's like yellow planks. So it's very safe and very not scary. Right. You know, when we did it, the bridge was under construction and there was no trains running over the bridge. So I was like, yo, yo, dear, let's do this, man. You know, fucking no trains. Perfect opportunity. OJ hits me up. He's like, yo, I got a mission for us. It's it's good to go. They're doing construction. Nothing's running on this bridge. Let's do it. And at the time, I didn't have an excuse to say no. I didn't. I just was like, all right. And I was so in love with graffiti. I was so in love with spending time with OJ and so in love with just the thrill of it that I was like, sure, we'll do it. I didn't want to be, I'll be honest, I didn't want to be on live tracks where trains are running and dipping between columns and anything. But this seemed like a nice, easy kind of compromise. The, the bang for your buck was there because obviously, you know, you see the graffiti on the bridge. You don't know that the trains wasn't running that night. Right. You just see the graffiti on the bridge and you're like, yo, these motherfuckers are crazy. They're crazy. Yeah. And, and the people who did do it when trains was running, yo, those motherfuckers are crazy because oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. there were so many gaps and holes that if you tripped, you fell down to either the street or the water. Right. So we get on the bridge... And this we went through the highway. Yeah, yeah, we went on through. through the highway, the lower part. We waited for the light to be red and then walked down, down the, not the highway. Against but the, traffic. Yeah, we walked onto the bridge the and then climbed over into the tracks. Yeah. And I'm afraid of heights, man. <laughs> I couldn't tell that night. I'm fucking shook, bro. No, you couldn't tell because, because you put me in the walk first. Because, no, because <laughs> you fucking took off. Yo, he's like. <laughs> so we were opposite. Right, we, we we were walking over the city where you look down and you see everything, yeah. and you see how far down it is. Yeah, yeah. I was shitting my pants and I was fucking baby stepping, and I was like, yo, I gotta keep up with this nigga. I brought him here. There's, <laughs> yo, I made this nigga come and fucking do the bridge with me. There's no way that I could tell him like, yo, let's not do this. I'm scared. Right. And then finally, I caught up to him like right where you get over the water. And when you get over the water, it's pitch black. You can't see nothing underneath. Right. So now, because I couldn't see anything under it, it just looked like a black floor. Right. I was fine. But now he was fucking like, yo, I'm not doing yeah, well, this. What's happening was we were walking on this kind of catwalk, and the shadows were playing tricks on me. Yeah. They, were, they were really, like, messing with me because... I knew that the step was there. I knew that the platform was there, but the shadow made it completely obscure because of the water yeah. underneath it. Right. And as Sean said, it was, it was all black. So it was like black glass reflecting the I water. I get it. I get it. That contrast between... Yeah, so, fuck it. And this is obviously at night. So yeah, it's It's at up. night and it's just... So, but I know it's going to be there if I just keep walking forward. And there was this one moment I turned around to Sean and I was like... And I was like, yo, should we just turn around and go back? He's like, you have to keep going forward. I'm staring in the center of your back. Just keep going. Yo, I wasn't walking back over the scary shit. <laughs> I had You I were behind me. I was the guinea pig in the front. And well, I was just but, like. What I'm saying is me looking. I, I, you was only in front because I was fucking shook walking over the shit. And I couldn't keep up. <laughs> right. I was like. But that, you know, inching along, and this motherfucker's like, 
If he was scared, yo, I had no clue until he got to the shadows. <laughs> until the shadows. The shadows was just... And then when he was like, yo, I don't know, I was like, yo, fuck that, bro. We we here. We doing it. So we made, well, you're here. We, we, we made it to that first station point where the, where the bridge, first, where the truss of the bridge yeah, or yeah. whatever the... Where First it, foundation, the foundation in the middle of the water. We get gotcha. there, and we yeah. both are just kind of like sigh, uh, you know, big uh, air. We take a minute. We know. smash that, and we're just like, all right, cool. And it's like, all right, do we go back or do we keep going? And it's like, nah, Sean, we go, we keep going, we keep going. So we go, and OJ is just crushing every every pillar, every girder along the way. I'm just kind of like, I just need to make it to the next level. He's hooking me up on every other. We're going all the way through. We get to the next side. We cross the water. We cross the water, and it's kind of like a sigh of relief that we made it. We get into the tunnel, and now we're like on solid ground, and now it's like a free-for-all. It was right before the tunnel, and then the fucking work bums came. The work bums came in the tunnel. So right before you you get to the tunnel, or where the tunnel starts... Mm -hmm. This catwalk. Right. <clears throat> We're on the catwalk, and I'm like, yo, run, run, run. And we ran into the tunnel. No, we didn't run into the tunnel. We, we ran, ran out of it. We the tunnel and then, like, climbed over the gate. But I was running on the fucking catwalk, and there was a, a, a gap, like, the, the, the people cutouts. Gotcha. So when you stand in the, in the tracks, you go into the cutout when the train comes. And it actually wasn't the catwalk. It was the, the, the top where the gate started, and it was it was like a catwalk. Okay. And then it had the people cut out, so there was a fucking square missing. Right. I fell right down that oh, shit. fuck. Had, <laughs> but we got up, and we fucking, we was out, and we was gone, man. That yeah. night, though, kind of cemented for both of us as partners, like... That was a real sense of pride accomplishing that night. Like we we challenged ourselves. We did good work on that on that bridge. We didn't just go and just like leave these little toy tags. Like at that point, I think both of our styles were a little bit formed, and we were like a little bit understanding. Yeah, what yeah. We were people doing. knew by that time. People, well, I definitely did, and now him. We already had our feet wet, and just in the beginning part of being experienced. Right. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> That was a great night. That was a, that was a night where I personally grew a set of balls. <laughs> no, but where I go through it, yeah, yeah, no, but I grew and I also, you know, for what it's worth, not to get all dewy, but like, you know, OJ and I like the bonding moment. Yeah, yeah. We, we like had each other's backs yeah. through that whole experience, and we, you know, we got through it, and we were just like, all right, cool, we we did that. So, like, like I was saying before, you know, back then you had to fucking not only be able to write graffiti, but make markers, know where to get stickers and do all these things. <clears throat> Excuse me. And a big part of that, if you was really about this shit, was go racking. Right. Mm. So. Putting Pergamon out of business. It, it, Pergamon. Pergamon. It's so funny that you said Pergamon because it always comes up almost, almost like if you knew what I was about to say. See? So shout out to things. shout out to my man as is. <laughs> shout out as is. Big time. So as you know, I, he had access to a car. Yes, so I did. As is was like, yo, let's go racking, and he had all the spots out in, in Long Queens, Island. Long Island. So we went out there to go racking. And we was in this fucking 
Pergaments. No, we, we. I'm sorry. Let me reset it. We was we first. We went to um, not a not Lee's art store. It was like a pearl paint. Like a it was like an art store in Long Island, but it was like part of the chain, part of a chain. And we went in there. We racked yeah, crazy first one, markers. We fucking crazy mark. I remember I had like 13 markers up each sleeve. I just went nuts in that store. Like and I, I still I, have those design I, markers from that day. I think like for both of us, maybe this is like the first like hardcore racking we're doing. This was like kids in a candy store. It was just like take what you want, blah blah blah. I think I like fronted and bought like three markers to like play it off, but sure. I didn't even need to do that. I just had, but I'm like paying and like up my sleeves are just like. A whole set of markers in each sleeve. <laughs> He's paying. <laughs> the lady's looking at him like. I hit like, change, but I don't see nothing on the counter. <laughs> so know? we set it off, and that gives us our confidence. Yeah, yo, we was fucking hyped. So we were hyped. So then, as is, is like, all right, we're gonna hit Home Depot. We're like, cool, let's do it. So now we go for something. We go for a bigger, bigger prize, which is spray paint. And OJ. Is not new to it, and he's like, "All right, cool." And he's he's doing his I old school RFC style. He's Army throwing Parker, but you throwing. But I had a Parker. But this is also before RFC. Okay, days. Mm-hmm. You know, but you were throwing cans and all kinds of. I had down your leg, down your. Uh, I had your a drawstring in your hat, like you had cans <laughs> in all parts of your body. I took like two cans. You had like. 17 on your body. <laughs> and he's like, all right, and the I'm ready to go. on the coat in the front was shitty. So we're leaving. Uh, and as we walk past, past the registers, cashiers. all you hear is... Uh, on, I, I dropped like two cans on the way out. And Raul's like, yo, fuck. I'm, I'm just pushing him. Like, yo, keep walking, keep walking. Just go. I tried to mask it. Because I think that like, oh, they didn't... Re- the can hits the ground and rolls. Literally like in super slow motion. Yeah. Like, it's like... <laughs> Like in every movie where they like extra dramatize it, it's like super slow. And we pretend like that didn't happen. So I drive, there's a water fountain and I like drink, I'm drinking water out of the water fountain to play myself. Just to, just to cover. <laughs> I'm like, just keep going. He's like, yo, let's just, let's just keep, keep it moving. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. So then we get outside and when we get, I accepted the water fountain. I was like, I'm going to cover this. I'm going I'm 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 to Academy you. Award this shit. <laughs> And do, the manager comes out while we're in the parking lot. And as is, is already at my car. Fucking OJ is like running up to the car with like his legs look like fucking slinkies. I don't know. It's just crazy. And I, I'm still walking. I'm walking like I'm going to continue to Marlon Brando this shit till we get to the car. Like they, they don't know anything. Nope. Get to the car and we... Then, once I get the key in the car, uh, again, I'm like fucking 17 years old. I do some Johnny Fever shit. I'm like blast out like skid marks out of the parking lot. Mad suspicious. We go down the road. I'm like, oh, we good? Everybody's in the car. Everybody's like uh, uh, taking the the paint that they got and putting it under the seats and hanging out. And we're driving. And I'm in Long Island. I don't know Long Island from shit. I'm just like, just get me back to Manhattan. We were looking for a place like to bust a U-turn or some shit. Right. And a police car on the other side, going in the opposite direction, passes by. Fuck. They don't have their sirens on nothing, but they just pass by. And I'm like... Of course, naturally, like, oh, shit. Right. We, we, we freak out, but I'm like, yo, he's on the other side of the highway. 
I look in the rear view, he does a U-turn, and he comes behind us. It's about to be a chat. <clears throat> Yo, that's that's when we were trying to shove everything under the fucking seats to paint. Right. I'm putting the shit under the seat over there next to the other nigga. <laughs> <clears throat> so he pulls us over. Sure enough, yes, he made the U-turn, the U-turn to catch us. He catches up to us. I pull over. I'm 17. I have my license for like six months, right? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I got stolen paint in the car. We all got stolen paint in the car. And he goes, you have an expired registration ticket on your window. Oh, my God. In retrospect, 30 years later, I'm like, how did he spot that sticker? But he goes, you have an expired registration sticker. Let me see your license and ID. I give him my license. I give him the registration, blah, blah. The car is all straight. He's in his car for what felt like an eternity, for 45 <clears throat> minutes. And I'm just saying, we're going to jail. We're going to jail. We're going to jail. We're done. We're done. We're wrapped. We're chapter. Comes back. Gives me the ID. Gives me the reg- thing. And he gives me like a, a summons for like a 25 warning. bucks for the registration. And that was it. And we were ghosts. And we were just like Audi McMaudy. We were just, <laughs> let's get the fuck out of here. So... In in some ways, it was like that's the bullet. Fucking thrilling, bro. Yeah, like we thought we were dead. We were dead to rights, but he did, had no idea. He didn't ask about paint. He just gave us that ticket, that that summons for it. And I remember having to go home and be like, "Oh, I gotta pay this ticket." Like. Blah blah blah, but and you know, again, yeah, you didn't know if like if that Pergamon called the cops, blah blah blah, anything like that. Yo, did, did, while you were sitting there waiting for the fucking cop to come back, like the crazy shit is with skateboarding too, but more more so through graffiti, you just don't know where that fucking trip is going to take you and the shit that you will see. Right. You know, there was one night, uh, maybe earlier than. Than that racking night, right? We went uptown. I used to live uptown originally before I met him. Well, not originally, but before I met him, I lived on 137 from Riverside in the late 80s. And then right when I met him, I had just moved down to 88th and West End and shit. Okay. So I knew all these uptown dudes like Pona, Jap, Mank, Sate, Prep, Doss, most two, Ceres. all of them, Ceres. So we went uptown to go meet up with a bunch of them to go paint. Pretty much all of those people that I just named. And we're sitting in like, if you get off the one train on the uptown side of 137th, there's like a little island park there or whatever, right? Right. And so we're all sitting there. We're waiting for everybody to fucking meet up. And across the street on the other side, on the other corner, is like, a, a you know, Indian, the Indians on the corner. Bodega? Yeah, but they were Indians, though. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Some fucking Habibi store or whatever right. and shit. The nigga was closing the store and apparently like he had some issues with somebody earlier in the day, mm-hmm. which we found out or I found out afterwards after the fact because I lived in that neighborhood before or whatever. But when he was closing that last gate, a crackhead ran up on him from behind, poked him, and fucking put like a eight inch screwdriver in his neck. Fuck. One shot. Bow! And that shit was like in the movies. Fucking, he hit the aorta. And that shit was like... Excuse me. That shit was like squirting like fucking foot and a half out of his neck. And your man was on the floor. Yo, the ambulance came quick. 
cut all his fucking clothes off and everything. They saved his life. The dude didn't die. Really? Yeah. But, like... It was definitely, like, exposure to some very... Yeah, like, I, I signed up to go write graffiti. I didn't <laughs> sign up for this shit. Right. You, you know, know what I'm what saying? Like, and this is what year? 89? New York is a fucking war. Well, yeah, of course. Especially up there. Yeah. That's Harlem. That's fucking... Like, yeah. Sugar Hill, like... Dominican land, like it was, it was, it was the Wild Wild West. Sure, it really was the Wild Wild West. I mean, again, like the '90s for a lot of the listeners, like the '90s when Dinkin was the mayor, Oof. it was a free for all. Yo, shout out to De Blasio. He's the new mayor, Dinkins. He is. <laughs> yeah, he is. he's, he's the, the white Dinkins. He is. <laughs> he's definitely not Giuliani. That's for sure. <laughs> Giuliani was Mister Lockdown. But the Dinkins era really was an up was a time for people to flourish in terms of everything in the wrong way. Yeah, right. bad crime, graffiti, fucking Lucy's, wilding out in the street, <laughs> Lucy's. Yeah, like man. I remember like, in the early nineties when I would like go to the limelight or shit, like ninety two, shit like that. Like I'd walk from like Union Square and walk that few blocks over towards the limelight. And every single corner, I'd be you know people would be asking me if I want shit, want shit, anything, like no. everywhere. We used to roll up blunts. We used to smoke blunts on the trains for oh. Fuck. 40 ounces last car, everywhere. Last car parties, All bro. the time. You walk into a fucking subway car, blunt smoke everywhere. It was fucking crazy. Yeah, it was bizarre. Kids nowadays don't fucking... No, they don't... No, they, they don't. never witness that shit. No. no. It was bananas. So, yeah, and then when you're saying, like, late 80s, late 80s, so, yeah, the fucking crack area was still fucking running rampant. Yeah, that's where it was very violent. For fuck and yeah. It was just like, yeah, I saw crazy shit. But, um... Can I take a bio break? Sure. Pause. All right, we're back. All right, so you guys are on. Uh, you see the dude get poked in the neck. They save his life. How was graffiti like on the Upper West Side back then? So in general. In general, it was very easy to write graffiti, right? So you know, a lot of. But back then, it was like writing on store gates was was, was a big deal. Um, so OJ and I would just like. The other thing was like we would try and find somebody, a friend, whose parents had a crib that we could stay at overnight and pull an all nighter. Because to write graffiti, really, you needed to like do it at like two, three in the oh, morning. Sure. Yeah. We're seven. We're, we're like 15, 14, 16, 17 years old. Like yes, yeah, so for some of us, it was hard to get out. The yeah, house. you can't. See, yeah. So shout out to my nigga self NBC because he always orchestrated all of that. And Zen house was Zen safe, the oh, safe house. Zen two yeah. had Zen two. Zen two also did not care. <laughs> I don't want to just let us. So we would we would you need somebody. Like you that. need you need a conduit, and so we always would like find like some occasion to like oh I'm staying at so and so's house, and we'd go out, and that night would eventually be like a sweet sixteen party. You know, and then you just bring paint to the Sweet Sixteen party, and after the Sweet Sixteen party, you would just go bump. on the way home. That's what we would. That's what we would do. So, you know, we had Broadway pretty much from I would say like one sixteen to all the way down seventy second, right? Like all the way down to the Ville. Well, we was crushing Broadways with the big golf umbrellas in the rain. Yes, we would we would wait for nights for it to rain. Not too bad, you know, because you could still paint these gates when they, it rains. And we would have these big golf umbrellas and hide behind the umbrellas and just do these fucking throw ups. Don't and, give away don't give away all the tricks. You, it doesn't matter now because the the key to it back then was like 
after 10, 11 o'clock at night, the streets was dead. People didn't go out in the streets because nothing good happened in the streets. Right. There wasn't nightlife like it is now. And everybody, like, you know, fucking sex in the city. Oh, let's go out to here and go out to there right. and do this. And, you know, you fucking gallivant around the town. Sure. Fucking the low lives and degenerates came out. Yeah, it was. Did that fucking yeah. song? The freaks come out at night. Absolutely. So all the, so also all of the scumbags and low lives. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, without a doubt. Well, one, you know, we would <laughs> we would definitely like slap up Broadway back and forth on the regular and just like you know and look at our own tags and improve on them and 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 grow our style. But another place where we got a lot of work in and, and, and met a lot of writers with the Freedom Tunnels, the south end of the Freedom Tunnels at 72nd Street in Riverside. Yeah, yeah. That was instrumental. Well, I started my whole graffiti career there. Yo, when I was little, I didn't have it, but like I think I talked about it in the first episode. I didn't really have friends. Right. The fucking homeless people on Broadway were my friends. Right. My mother's fucking junkie friends was my friends. Right. So when I finally met Deer and some of these other kids, I finally started having friends for the first time in older life. So I spent a lot of time down there in the Freedom Tunnel. Our, that was our clubhouse. And I, I knew how to, the ins and outs, so I brought them down there. Right. And we'd fucking we would just go run down them up there. there. We would go down there and literally spend hours there either painting or taking pictures or just hanging out, smoking cigarettes, just doing whatever. But it was it a would, place you could go and at the time and fucking be a bad kid without being bad. Sort but of not speak. even being a bad kid, just like you could just hang out and no one was going to mess with you. Well, what I'm you. saying is being a bad kid, like fucking throw rocks through windows and it wouldn't matter down there. You could do all these bad things. But it was okay. Right. So being a bad kid without being a bad kid, if right. you would. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You were just doing your fucking... You were being a kid with really no consequences, like, for real. Correct. Yeah. But we were also were there, and there were other writers that had, like, put up really good work. Like, Smith and Sane was up there. Like, Zephyr, like... There were legend. The Disciples Wall had legendary graffiti on it. Yep, the back of the handbook. Like, there was really great graffiti there because it was this kind of armpit of New York City, meaning no one was going down there. You know, no one was really checking for it. So you could go down there, you could hang out, you could do a piece, you could take your time. Fucking nowadays in the daytime and and get away with it. There's no place really on the island of Manhattan right now that you could just like be invisible. But you could be invisible here. And to that point there were people living in the tunnel. Like had fully like they figured out how to get electricity. They built houses down there and ran power uh, down from the light poles. You know, so so we made you know good with them, and they would just they would stay out of our way. We would stay out of their way. We weren't messing with them, but we would um, go down there and we would observe. It's called the Freedom Tunnels because Freedom, um, the artist, had created all these really beautiful murals in this tunnel, this Amtrak tunnel. Um, so if you know Star Wars and if you know um, Subway, so at this you time know. this shit wasn't even owned by Amtrak. It was just abandoned. Right. It was a total shit show down there. Fucking burnt out cars. You know, D Nice did a video called Crumbs on the Table and he shot it completely in the tunnels. Like Fucking you could just go ed, down there. Yeah. Special Ed shot his record cover on picture. The, the picture for the record cover. Yeah. He shot it on the on ramp when there was an area up above. That, that's all deleted now and gone. Right. You know. Fuck. So this was this was a really special place, and it was a place where you would meet writers. It was a place where you could paint, and it was a place where you might have to fight. 
Yeah, you might. Have I, to I had fight. a few fights down there. You might I have talked to fight. about a, one of them last episode. Um, but there was this, there was this infamous ledge. It was the ledge, and no, it, you know, it do, doesn't exist anymore because all the Trump buildings, all the Trump now. buildings built upon that that ledge. But um, yeah, that was a really great place. That was the first place I ever did a graffiti piece. Okay, toward the end of that, I remember going down there one time. It was myself, dear. Nexto, who else was with us? The last time or the first time? No, the the one time. I had found a gun in the train station. Oh, oh shit. But who was down there? I was down there. I think Kaz might have been there, too. Yeah, yeah maybe Dear Kaz, my man Nexto, and me. And I kind of just went off on my own. Uh-huh. I didn't tell nobody I had this gun. Right. And I just started busting it. Oh, shit. Mind you, we're in the fucking... Tunnel. Yeah, man. So I should like, bah, 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 bah. Oh my god. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> oh, fucking shit. OJ is an eternal prankster. Like, so I'm painting <laughs> on my wall. I'm painting on this wall, like concentrating and focusing, making fades work. And this motherfucker is shooting into the darkness. <laughs> And <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> like, yo, what the fuck is these noises? What is this shit? Well, and you knew what back, it was. I knew what it was. He comes back smiling, like, hey, come back giggling, hey, laughing. <laughs> yo, because I never shot a gun before. I'm right. like fucking 16. I found mm. this little 20. I have a great idea. Let's go target shooting in Freedom Tunnels. It's well, the, dark. the best place to shoot. Yeah, well, you might have shot one of those homeless guys we were just talking about. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> you know. I'll, yeah, I remember that day. Fucking Nexto took off running. I was, I was really tired. Well, I mean, sure, as anybody would in their right mind, you of know. Of course. But that, 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 you know, that's. I want to talk about the Freedom Tunnels just for a little bit more because it's really a special place that doesn't exist anymore, and like you can't get to it. And I don't want to be one of these like, oh, remember back in the day. But it was special for me. It was special for. My friendship with OJ was special for friendship with a lot of writers because it became a place where you would go to and you could meet other guys. And from that one jump off spot, we met so many writers. We met the whole TRK crew, the KED crew. Um, what was that? The crew, the, crew, the like escort. And the fucking dual MCI there. Um, at the time, Stax, SES. S-E-S-Y-O Stack F-U-A Fucking Me on my own I met One of the fucking Greatest memories Meeting Joey TDS Chama WKS And part down there When I was like 12 years old And then to come Full circle Later in life And run back Into these dudes As they become Re-irrelevant re Relevant to the whole shit Yeah You know So now I see this dude part Where like The age gap Really isn't that big of a difference Where probably It might be a 15 year difference Right But at this age It's not a difference Right But when you're fucking 12 years old And this dude is probably like 21 Right I was hanging out with him The whole day and shit Yeah You know like Fucking tons of great memories. And then our other, the other crew that's not here, like Toast and Aghast and Push and all these other guys who we're still friends with to this day, they, we would organize these meetings and we would just all kind of um, 
meet fucking just tunnel. meet and nerd out and we, hang out camp write and each other's books and talk and we would stare and, at the graffiti and I, I, there was one there was one writer that stood out and that was J.A. like he I remember seeing his work it wasn't beautiful but it was dominant and it was in spots that we couldn't touch yeah and it it's taught crazy. it taught me a whole nother I was like I was like I, I would just scratch my head looking at it. I was like, how is he doing this? Like, and obviously, like, fast forward 20 years, like, he had a ladder. And he, you know, he had tools and shit. But, like, a little kid looking at it, like, it just blew my mind. Yeah, but not even so much, like, how did he get up there? Like, how did he do fucking... 800 throw-ups back and not back. get caught. Right. How did he in have that row. much time to fucking be in there? A row. And even if he has a fucking ladder, and th- that's not Getting like... off the ladder, moving the ladder, exactly. getting back on the that's ladder. time-consuming. And, 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 and mind you, these wasn't the fucking jetpack ladders where you fucking... Them shits are collapsible. Right. This is it's, a big if, if it was a 20-foot ladder, it was a 20-foot ladder you was carrying around. Not that right. that shit folded down to fucking three feet. Right. You know? Also, every throw up looked identical. Mm-hmm. Okay? That is a hallmark of why he's one of the greatest to ever do it. Every throw up yeah. looked exactly the same. There wasn't one that had like faint paint and like a shitty outline, like they were stompers. Bong, 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 yeah, bong, bong, bong. Like three city blocks straight. And this is the lessons that me and OJ learn early. Like, wow. All right. If you really want to, like, take your game to the next level, this is what you need to do. And then when you look at my boy right now, right? Like, I'm retired. I'm an old man. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't hit the streets. But you see my man, OJ, on the streets. He's like, you see it. And you don't kind of see it. No, you saw it. It's filled in. It's solid. It's a stomper. And it's fucking Bong, bong, bong. It's really solid. And that's that's what graffiti is in its essence. It's what it should be now. It's basically. And that's why OJ is like, you know, again. You look at all, all commercial advertising. They took the idea of graffiti and fucking ran with it. You yeah, get sure. into the, the subway cars, there's mass-produced ads in every fucking car. Yeah. It's shoved in your face. Yeah. That aspect comes from graffiti. Yeah. Actually, repetition. Probably, it comes from Warhol. It comes from logos. It's just like, you see it, and it should look exactly the same. Yeah, right? but that whole shit of doing rallies, like, fucking... Yeah. That, that shit's... That's like fucking... J.A.'s thing. Fucking, yeah. you know... It's your thing. Well, I've learned from the older dudes. Right. PJ would do that type of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the... Cap. Cap. Yeah. Cap, you know, before Jay, Jay built on it, improved it, and then took it to the next level. Right. You know. That's where you met Jay. Was down in Freedom Tunnel. I met Jay, Jay through through OJ. Actually, right. um, OJ probably has stories on how they met and other chapters. We but, talked about that in episode one. But yeah. Jay, for me, as an Upper West Side graffiti writer, was on another level. It was sure. someone who I never thought I would meet. He was a myth. He was fucking Kaiser Soze. He was yeah. somebody I was like, who is this fucking guy? Yeah. And I would hear his fucking stories. He has long hair. He got into a fight. And he used a bike chain. And I, 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 honestly, I heard these stories. I thought it was some surfer dude with like straight blonde <laughs> hair. He's, he's got blonde hair. He looks like this. 
Yo, I heard so, the, it was like chapters of like what this guy is gonna be. When I finally it's like me- weird superhero shit. It's it's like, it's, it's like it's, Batman. It's, it's like, neighbor, the neighborhood news, right? Like you know, <laughs> and and then I finally meet him, and for what it's worth, he's the realest motherfucker I ever met. Like he's just like about graffiti. Yeah. And about tagging and well, even aside from that, just as a human in life, and he, it, it just, it just was bizarre. Like I've been let down, so to speak, by like people who like, oh, you build him up, and you think he's gonna be this, and he's fucking. I not. talked about some shit like that in the toward the end of the tags and throws video. I, w- I was saying like, yo, you, you ever meet somebody, you, or rather, you know. But what he's saying is like you see a tag, right? And based on the style of the you tag, envision who they are. Yeah. yeah, you fucking put together this person in your profile. Head. Yeah. yeah, you put together a profile, and then but with some people, it's like you meet them. It's like, oh man, I wish I would have never met that dude. Like, what a dick. Ruined the, the yeah, thing. like could like, be the be the best graffiti artist in the world. But after meeting him, it's like, oh man. I would mm-hmm. say. Another artist, another writer who exceeded my expectation was Vifer. When I met when I met Vifer, I had I had legends in my head of like who this guy was. When I met him, he was just like what I wanted him to be. Just a hardcore bomber, a cool dude, and someone who was about like writing and the art of graffiti. so, I mean, not to get too carried away on like these guys, I mean thinking about oh, thinking, thinking about, you know, so OJ this, dude, and I, like this, our, our, this you know. dude, a guest that we knew, he he just he was a natural for it. He's a club he, coordinator. He would, before that, he would organize all these graffiti meetings, and you know it was nothing more but to share a common interest. Like kids would get together to skateboard, we would get together to talk shit, mm-hmm. and through those meetings, I've met some. People that I'm still long-term friends with, Dean, KB, fucking... Peace Claim. Claim, Exile, Snob, snob, like uh, a bunch of people. So one day, instead of always going to the Freedom Tunnels, we went to Greenpoint. There was these factories in Greenpoint. Yeah. And they were like connected, like... Three factories. Abandoned. Abandoned. Abandoned factories. And you'd go through these big, huge fucking, almost like airplane roller doors. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like hangar doors. Yeah, like hangar doors. Exactly. I got you. And so I I couldn't even fucking name everybody that was there. There must have been like 30 people. IDUGG was there. Vans was there. Micro, Bass, and Sage. SCKST. Fucking uh, Mist OAM, like all these old Brooklyn dudes. Theme, claim. Theme, claim. Fume. Us. Yeah, and we're in it just a free fall. It's, it's just a like a fucking rainy, shitty day. And we, we're going into the first one and painting, and into the second one, and then we're all the way in the back. There's the people who one. are piecing, and then there are bombers who are just tagging yeah, and doing throws everywhere. Running amok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Missed OAM. Missed went, on a mission. Yeah, I went to South Shore High School for a couple of years before I moved out of Canarsie, and right across the street from South Shore, there was a wall, and everyone called it the Wall of Fame. It missed at this big blockbuster. 
for years. Yep. Solid, perfect bang. Big bit for years. So we're, we're in, we're all the way in the back, and the only way to get out is to go the way, go back the way we came. And from that, that third space to the middle space, the fucking hangar door didn't open all the way. Oh, shit. You could barely fit one person through there. So apparently, like, earlier in the day, you know, there was bums that lived in there homeless. and shit. Yeah, there was homeless. Bums, homeless people, whatever the fuck you want to call them. They, you know. Yeah. Same shit. Squatters. Yeah. Squatters. Yeah. And fucking... Squatters, bums. So, so some of them fucking... There was, there was some kind of a beef or issue. And while we were all the way in the back, this nigga came and fucking set the whole shit on fire. He, he was, was getting revenge. He was burning out the other dude, the other bums' house. No shit. Not no. Well, I don't know if he knew or if he didn't know, but we was in there, and there's like thirty of us to get through the fucking door one at a time. Ah shit. Needless to say, we all fucking we all got yeah, out. This was there too. Yeah, and fucking they all ran after the fucking bum that lit the fire and caught him. Yo, niggas was stabbing him with umbrellas, cutting him with fucking box cutters. Somebody fucking slammed the fucking cinder block on them, fucking spray painting them. There was a confrontation. They left that nigga for dead. Yeah. I don't know if he died, but they left him for dead. Somebody got the videotape to that shit. I ain't saying no names. Really? Somebody got the video back then, huh? With a big ass fucking. I was gonna say, they ain't no phone. Yo, my man, they they was there with the big VCR. With the tape. Jump off like like (laughs) 25 views. JVC. On the fucking shoulder looking through the viewfinder. Fuck. I think that RIS was there, Orco. Like, there was. It was a lot of us, and I think what happened was this homeless guy, like. Didn't realize we were in this chamber, set the fire right by the exit, and uh, it was almost like Happy Land. Like, it almost ended up being Happy Land. And when we got out and were able to breathe, we were upset. You think? I remember going home, and my mother being like, why are you all your clothes smell like smoke? I was like, oh, it was barbecuing, Mom. You know? <laughs> because we, we did used to barbecue. Motherfuckers would find shopping carts and barbecue on that shit. Dune FUK. Yep. Shout out to Dune. Um, but yo, how about a how about a good story? How about a, 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 like a, a a story where we go smile? Set it off, man. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yo, where the fuck is Skateboard Gabe at? Gabe Nunez from Gabe the Upper Nunez. West Side. That motherfucker disappeared on us, bro. Again, through skateboarding, he was a style master, but um, he was not. He could he could have been pro and and made big money, but he was not a good graffiti writer. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to meet Marcus. We had this plan. My parents were out of town, and I had a whip, and we were like, See, yo. he was like on the on the B roll of graffiti, or, or really the C roll. I would say the D roll, the, the D roll <laughs> of graffiti. He was I'm one trying to not put him down that far, but in actuality, he just he, yo, he, he was, was just, terrible. just yo, come on, he wasn't come terrible. On, he just was like right he, he, he was terrible. No, he but was, he was he more was terrible, and graffiti wasn't for him. But he was more like you guys are doing this. I'll do that. Fucking everybody had a tag. Then and he, you know he wanted to get up a little bit or whatever, and so we took him on a fucking mission. We took him on mission Went to one twenty fifth Street, the meat markets on the West Side Highway. The meat markets was a really nice, sweet spot. It was um, elevated, and you could see it you, if you're driving still, by on the still, highway. And now it's fairway over there. Yeah, yeah, it's the fairway. You know, back then it was abandoned, so yeah. people and, didn't give a fuck. And you'd see away. wars. You'd see people like. 
claiming this spot, and this guy would go over and like it would run for like a week. So we're, we're on the front side painting, you know, facing paint, the highway. We, we're there painting on Broadway, and this motherfucker scam is in the fucking back alley in the dark shadows. <laughs> Painting a red wall with red spray paint. <laughs> <laughs> so when we like we we yo we did our thing, we fucking empty out all our paint and shit, and we're like yo where where's scam man? Like where the fuck did he go? We went back there and we see him. We were like yo dude, what are you doing? And then I guess we heard like a boop boop boop. Yeah, you know from out in the street. Yeah. There was no way they saw us or was fucking with us. Right. This motherfucker is. Threw his cans in the air. Lewis. Gone. And he threw all his fucking paint away. Like to the point where he couldn't get it. <laughs> so we leave because we're done. We get back in the car and we're like, yo, what should we do? He's like, oh, we should go home. We're done. Get the fuck out of here, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, not our fault you threw away all your paint. So we drug him around with us all night and he had to watch yeah, his no paint. paint. He was tight, Mike, like a motherfucker, bro. <laughs> Just tagging him all miserable. Yeah. yeah. Guys and, and then, like, we really laid into him all night about it. The red he, paint. I, he was supposed to sleep over your house and I think he actually fucking wind up going home. Kicking the can all the way home and shit. <laughs> you know? But yo, where you at, man? Where the fuck you disappeared to? Someone fucking. Gabe Nunez. He's not like, like you ever like look at look for him like on social media or any kind of That thing. is there's no way to be found. Really? No way. Yeah, he's lost Just, in the sauce. Is he still Vanished. alive? I yeah, I, I, I would I would admit he's a survivor. He's an upper west sider. There's a there's this ethos with a lot of the upper west siders. We haven't really talked about like the other crews like WKN or these other crews that were like on the Upper West Side. BFS. Exactly. And then after that generation, you have like Post, Eno, AOW, all of them kids, Seth. Yeah, they right. like daring them all bounce to college and four, shit. 456 was another big yeah. crew. Well, 456 was fucking making noise when we was making noise. Yeah. Piece you know, of Seth. 456. They they were more ruthless than writing graffiti. Yeah, they were like a gang. They were more like a gang than like graffiti. Selling crack, fucking sticking kids up, robbing kids. They used to just hang out down there in the Freedom Tunnel. Well, CM, they're 456 is just an extension of CM. CM was already around before then from the 80s. CM is like the first people that I bombed with, you know, through NISO and Kev. And huh. Dev, CM, all of them. But fucking... Yeah, they like I was saying, they would hang out down there, fucking uh, Romer, 456. Fucking... Don't put the gloves on, because somebody was getting knocked out. <laughs> he wasn't taking the gloves on. They were like batting gloves and shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, it, you know, he was a solid dude and shit, yeah. you know? And uh, they would just go down there to fucking to rob people. They rob gays. I am okay. Yeah. Like a lot of shit went down in, in the tunnels. Generally, it was like a peaceful place. Like everyone was down there to paint. Like it wasn't down there to like rob. But then there were people who had no paint. And they were like, well, people are coming down here. I'm going to jack them for their paint. Well, they, at this time now, everybody started knowing about it. Right. And everybody started coming down there. They would just hang out down there and rob them. Huh. You know, fucking. 
I had a, a, a really good friend, crazy coincidence, right? I met, like I told you, I met so many people down there in the Freedom Tunnel. I met this kid, Nexto. His brother was D-Pen, Nexto, T-A-O. Okay, and together so, as one. So I met Nexto down there with his cousin, cousin Spee. And they were mad cool, we were fucking painting, and then we, we go our own way, and then like three years later, I moved to 137 from Riverside. And I literally moved two buildings down from this kid next door. So we fucking formed a friendship and, you know, became friends. And then later on in life, when I met Deer, I was like, yo, let's call this dude and fucking prank him and shit. Yeah, I didn't like that person. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great story, bro. Yeah, see that, that what happened? Well, before I get into it, a big a big thing back then with graffiti. Well, also at that time, phone numbers. You you had a phone in your house, and that's all you had. That's it, landline. And that phone number was golden. You didn't change that phone number. Nope. So the big thing with graffiti writers was collecting other graffiti writers' phone numbers. Gotcha. And calling them and pranking them and shit. Fuck. So, I, like he said, even to this day, I still be playing jokes and shit. I'm just fucked up like that. Sorry, but um, <laughs> don't be sorry. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, when you're not on the fucking receiving end, it's all right. good, right? You know. <laughs> so, fucking long story short, I'm like, yo, Paul, next though, fucking call my man, dear, and and what did I have? So I had not beef, but there was this like this other writer from the Upper West Side, Shock, who he pretended to be. And what was kind of crazy was that my father picked up the phone call at like one o'clock in the morning. Ugh. Maybe it was, it was a little bit earlier than that. Like it was late as shit. It was shit. still past. Cold it was time. late as shit, and I was already back then, asleep. Call people's houses past nine o'clock. Yeah, nah. exactly. So it's late as shit. I'm in bed. And my father comes in the room. He's like, "Yo." There's this phone call for you. <laughs> so I grab it, and it's this fucking dick being pretending. He's like, yo, don't come outside your house. I'm going to fuck you up. I'm like, yo, what are you talking about? But, but mind you, he has a little bit of an accent. He yeah, stutters a little bit. He's like Peruvian. I'm like, this doesn't sound like shock, but why are you calling me at fucking 11.30 at night? So I took it seriously. And the next morning, I wake up and I call OJ. I'm like, yo, I have beef. He's like, what do you mean? I have beef. He's like, yo, <laughs> shock, call my house, and he wants to fucking yo, step to... Yo, were you able to go to sleep? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have a good night's sleep that night. I was fucking crunchy, and I was just rolling around. I was like, oh, and like the first, like 7 a.m., I call OJ. I'm like, yo, I got beef, shock, call my house, blah, blah, blah. And... Fucking OJ is just like, yeah, all right, uh huh, uh huh. Meanwhile, he's in on the whole fucking joke, knows exactly what happened. So, what happens later is finally like OJ. Maybe like a couple days later or whatever. A day later, like finally feels bad for me. He's like, all right. Yeah, yeah, because he started like really sweating. This I, was like, I, I, yo, I was like, yo, I, I can't have, leave my house. Did I even have Paul call back a second time? Before no. Before the whole. Maybe, before maybe, the maybe you doubled down on it, but then I, I finally. Think I doubled down and, and just pull, uh, next door rather, ran out of fucking. Yes. Ran out of material and it kind of sort of went a little <laughs> flat. But he was like, yo, what the fuck? And then finally I was just... OJ tells me the deal. He's like, nah, don't worry. It's not shock. It's next to blah, blah, blah. I'm going to give you his number. 
and we're going to run it back on him. No, 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 no. I had him call you back. Yes, but you gave me his number, and I said to him, and I knew now that it wasn't shock. So I was like, oh, word, you're going to come to my house? So is this your number? And I read off the number, and he was <laughs> cricket. <laughs> like, I had, I had him flip the, the whole script on Nexto. And, and, but Nexto did so I, in, in a sense, I got fucking both of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the shit that we did, man. There just was no what? fucking there was, no, there was nothing else to and do. And then didn't there even EKO fucking call you one time? EKO, rest in peace. He, he didn't call me. He, um... He sent me a he sent me a ransom note through a friend. <laughs> what the fuck? Yo, check this you shit out. Yo, yo, you Jimmy, can't make this up, bro. Yo, Jimmy, Jimmy, he went to Humanities and um, he sent a note to Romer, who you mentioned, who lived in my neighborhood. And the note, I get it one day. Romer's like, yo, here's this, this yo, note. If, if I it mean, was like a subpoena. <laughs> he literally like handed it to me. I've never been subpoenaed, but I, I would imagine side, it's like that. Sidebar real quick. EKO started off as like this kid just wanting to fit in, like awkward kid, kind of wanting to fit in, and 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 he would do crazy things to like get people's attention or like to get you. He was like a live wire type cat. Yeah, he would like run up behind people and just fucking drop kick them in the street for no reason and laugh at them. I remember one time, but we'll we'll get to that story. But I got a few good things right there. Fucking Grace Papayo in Seventy Second Street. He stole a fucking plant. His crew was AFF. Anything for alcohol. Always feeding Always for 40s. For All for fun. Yeah. He was like a fucking jokester. So he right. stole this plant and he was trying to sell it to buy a 40. Well, I don't know why he didn't just steal the 40. Yeah. Right? You, sell, you, you steal a plant so, from Grace Papaya to sell it. Well, no, he didn't more. steal it from Grace Papaya. Oh, okay. You saw it down the block. He, he, he stole it from a plant shop like a block over and okay. we would buy Grace Papaya and he was trying to fucking sell the plant. He realized like no one was going to buy the plant and got pissed. And the fucking side window of Gray's Papaya where you go to order is wide open in the summertime. And he fucking takes the plant. He grabs grabs the plant itself and pulls it out the pot with the fucking dirt, dirt. and roots <laughs> and everything. And fucking launches that shit into Gray's Papaya. <laughs> oh and hits the biggest, blackest, Haitian dude cooking frankfurters uh, in the fucking face with the plant and then the plant just falls all over the grill all over the fucking <laughs> oh my the god <laughs> Yo, that, that fucking dude was so tight son oh my god oh my god and that's the kind of shit that he would do but he did all of this so much that that just became like how he was just a straight fucking jokester so yeah. <laughs> here he is fucking courting Raul with this fucking Your fucking note like, like, like a love note that you would pass yeah. to the fucking sweetheart in high school he, I get this note and it's like I know you went over me so you have to give me 15 cans of paint I'm like get the fuck out of here I'm not giving you any paint and, and also I didn't go over you but then it's like two weeks later it's like another note okay give me five cans of paint <laughs> Every week we're going down five kids Yo, and shit. I was like, get the fuck out of here. So I finally meet him. And um, I wouldn't say we became best friends, but we're hanging out. Another funny story, if we really want to go deep on EKO, is that um, he befriended somebody in my building. And the guy in my building gave him my phone number. 
so he called me and he pretended that he was this toy graffiti writer in the neighborhood. He's like, hey, man, yo, I'm, I'm so-and-so, man, let's go paint. I have all this paint. Come meet me. And it just so happened that that day I was hanging out with Camp from the Upper West Side, TFP. And I was like, I think this is a setup. And if we go down there, let's roll together. And I brought a bat. And I was like, we're going to go down there and see what's, what, what's really real. And we go, and sure enough, it's EKO and this guy from my building. And they're at the phone booth across from my house, but where I was supposed to meet this other guy was, like, down the block. But I knew it was fishy already. So then when I see EKO and when I see the guy from my building, I'm like, that's what it is. They're pretending to do this thing. They want me to go there. He thought I was going to roll solo, like a herb, with all this pain. He was going to herb me. But when he saw me and another guy and a baseball bat, he... Right. The story changed. The story changed from, like, I'm this herb graffiti writer. Come meet me to, like, oh, you're you're so-and-so? I'm so-and-so. And he pretended he didn't write graffiti. And when I told him that I was with camp, he was like, oh, you're camp? And he, like, pulled out a piece of paper and wanted an autograph and all this stuff. And I was like... You write on my ball sack, please. So I, I knew, I knew, I was like, I can't let this go. Like, this guy is the guy that wrote me these ransom notes. This is the guy that's been trying to fucking get me to do something. I'm going to, like, take it to him and make sure that, like... I say, you're EKO, right? Yeah. So I say, so he's walking away after getting the camp autograph, like, oh, it's all good. I've just happened to be on this same corner where you live or whatever. Yeah. And I go, yo, you're EKO, right? And the minute I say that, my man, Zoo456, this like really big, brolic dude from the neighborhood, rolls up as well. So now it's me, camp, and Zoo. And EKO is out of his element, completely out of his element. It's not even his neighborhood. He, right. he, and, and he just can't handle all this attention right now. And, <laughs> and I have the opportunity to be like, set this motherfucker. You're, 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 you're EKO, right? And he goes, yeah, I am. Who wants to know? I'm like, I do. You're the one that's sending me these notes. I'm like, oh, well. Um, and my man Zoo is like, <laughs> is there a, Zoo oh, is like, is there a problem? Blah, blah. I'm like, we're good. Like, I didn't even, I didn't even need him, but him coming just like icing on the cake. Squash yeah. and, that shit. To and like I said, these four, five, six kids, you know, they, graffiti writers, they're just like, they, they wrote graffiti to write graffiti, but they was more about selling drugs and fucking robbing niggas. Right. You know? So, after that, he like shakes my hand, we're good, and we kind of started a friendship out of it just because I was... But just... we also ran in the same circle of pe- people in high school. Right. So it was inevitable like to bump into him at these parties we go to and, and fucking, you know, like he said, he, start, he, would, he started... After, that was the beginning of him starting to hang out in that neighborhood with Romer and... Doing like credit card scams and, yeah. and yo, one thing about EKO, he knew how to get money. He was a hustler. He yeah. knew how to get money, whether it was selling coke or whatever. He he was very charismatic, and he knew how to sweet talk the pants off of girls. So he was friends with all these rich, fucking debutante. Chicks and fucking celebrity private daughters schools. and private school kids. So he had access to a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. And he kind of fucking 
brought some of these four, five, six dudes into the door to make money doing whatever, you know? Yeah. And just nuts. Yeah. Fucking crazy. <laughs> Fucking, there was an HMV on the other side of um, Grace Papaya. And we were walking down Broadway a different day. The same one on 70-something Street? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So he okay. fucking took a tomato. And we just... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yo, I wish I could make this shit up, but it, it, it actually really did. You can't. And there's one particular newsstand right there in fucking... Where HMV was on the HMV side, because there was one on the other side of the street too. Okay. But the one on the HMV side, it was just like a little fucking square window with a a Hindu's head in the window. (laughs) And from about halfway down the block, this motherfucker launches the tomato and catches the Hindu right in the face with the tomato. Like Nolan Ryan. No, (laughs) Nolan Ryan. Like yo, he he was just fucking. If I got hit in the face with a tomato from somebody from a half a block away, it sure hurts. I would feel stupid. Yeah, it sure hurts. No, but the thing I didn't even know where the tomato came from. He didn't even know where it came from. Right. And then you got to stay at work like that. Right. (laughs) You can't go home. No, you can't. You know. Did I talk about gluing the Hindu to the phone in yeah. episode one? <laughs> yeah. That's these fucking newsstands. Right. On the other side of the street, I don't gluing know. Gluing the Hindu to the I, phone. I, I don't know why the fuck uh, the other side of the street, but they had the lock on the outside of the fucking the newsstand. So the the first time we did it, we got over lovely. Mm-hmm. We fucking locked the dude in. It's one of them sliding locks, and you put a padlock on it. Yeah, you know. I mean, you could literally not even put a padlock. You just we, no, no, we, we you didn't have to put anything. All you had to do was slide it closed. Right. You know, someone walking by could open it up for him. So we fucking locked the thing quietly, and then we started taking all this candy, and we was out. <laughs> and so his his first reaction was to run out the door. Right. Sure. But the door was fucking locked. He ran into the door, not out. Like, wow, you know, full speed and shit. And then, yo, it was so funny the first time that we kept doing it. It became like a game and shit, mm-hmm. right? The second time we did it, the motherfucker was ready. And he had like a daily news newspaper weight, them fucking metal sticks. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as we reached for the candy, he was fucking swatting your hands. So it became like a, a, a fucking game to see who could get what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whack them all. Yeah, yeah. It became an interesting game of fucking. Yeah, 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 man. 100%. We, we did so much fucking mischievous shit. In the- I got one last story. One last story. This is like kind of a good way to tie up my relationship with OJ. I was, I came back from college for like a winter break and I would roll back into the kids from the neighborhood and we would go out for like the three weeks that I was back until I had to go back to school we would go to spots and I remember spa spa was that club that um was on 13th street and (laughs) near union square like around it doesn't exist anymore but it was like p diddy's club when he was puff spa right so we're going to go to spa and it's a bunch of kids from the upper west side and we roll up and I didn't know this but I had come back home and the guys from my neighborhood had gotten into beef with some kids from RFC. Real beef. Like, police came and they were at the train station. They were spitting in each other's face. But, like, the police were there so it didn't turn into a fight. But they were really fucking wanting to kill each other. 
So like a week later, three days later, I roll up, fucking new kid off the block, like, hey man, let's go out. We go out to fucking spa. We go to spa and we look like a bunch of fucking hooligans. So they're like, you can't come in here. So we're like, all right, cool. So we're on the street, like back in the night, just like, <laughs> all right, cool. All right, fine. Let's just go get beers or figure out something else to do. And I remember turning to my left and I see like a fucking lynch mob walking towards us. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I just see heads bopping up and down and the shit is getting bigger and bigger. And sure enough, I recognize one dude and his Busta, who was the president of RFC. Super tall, super black, super bigger than everybody else. And around him are just all these characters just like assembling out of nowhere. And they're fucking rolling on me hard. And I'm like, whatever. I I, I mean, I'm I'm definitely nervous. I'm definitely not going to be able to survive that wave. But I'm also like not really understanding why they're rolling. So I remember I pause in the middle of the block and sure enough, I see dudes taking their jackets, covering their face with it in front of me. Like dudes are digging in their pockets. Like it's like animal house and it's rolling towards me. And I stop because I know I didn't do anything. And my boys are behind me and they see the crew assembling. And what they do is we happen to be back in that specific time. There was a building going up. So there was like bricks on the street for the construction site. So they kind of hide behind, not hide, but they go behind that and start grabbing bricks, which is kind of smart. They have like a little bit of a block in front of them and they're grabbing weapons. RFC, I later find out, is who's rolling on me. And it's like at least, I'm not even going to exaggerate, it's like at least 12 deep, right? I could have said at 30. A minimum. I could have said 30, but it's literally 12 dudes. Anyway... They're, they're coming on me. I stop. I freeze. The guys that I'm with are behind me, grabbing bricks, setting themselves up. Buster takes his jacket, throws it over his face, and it's just, I just see eyes. And he wrote, they come up and they're like, yo, you write graffiti? And of course they know I do. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, what do you write? I write deer. And he goes, oh, this is OJ's boy. Knowing OJ saved my life that fucking day. (laughs) They go, this is OJ's boy. He's cool, man. They go, he's cool. And literally, you see all, I see all the other guys behind them kind of get disappointed that, like, they they, they can't fuck this dude up. Because I'm a a mark, man. I'm an easy Vic. And they're just like, all right. And honestly, like, that friendship and and the respect that they had for OJ and the relationship that well, I had with him. But those were my people. Yeah, like, they knew that like, the I was good. with them. Yeah. But they did have a beef with my guys. So they recognized those guys that I was with and they wanted, they thought it was on, but I was able to neutralize that situation because of my relationship with OJ. And I'll never forget that day because for two reasons. One, I, was, I thought I was going <laughs> to get, I thought I was going to get destroyed, but knowing OJ and everyone that knows graffiti in New York City knows OJ in one shape or form that shit was like gold yeah and and um it it you know it was true it wasn't like a name drop it was like that's my fucking well but you didn't even drop the name yeah you just said you just dropped your own name and they just knew the connection to it um so knowing OJ is 
like the American Express. Don't go anywhere without it. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's it like helped you out. Yeah, it saved my life, man. It's I like mean, fucking, I would definitely have a fucking so couple of scars. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely have a couple scars and a big bump on my nose. But, but it, it, there was a respect that came from it, and um, you know, I, I always knew that my boy was solid, but everyone else knew that. OJ's a solid man, and so that really, that really was 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 a turning point, you know. Yeah. Because we were boys already, but like that was something that really, um, you know, made me recognize there's, like, there's the power. The the one night we were bombing uh, fucking one twenty fifth Street meat markets. Okay. And I fucking had climbed up the billboard, smashed the billboard. We did a, we did our thing or whatever, and so we were done, and we. Cross the highway all the way to the side of the water on the southbound side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like two thirty in the morning, and we're just sitting there looking at what we did, like high fiving each other and shit. You know, and the fucking cops drove by, the only car on the highway, and the fucking cops looked at us, stopped the car on the highway, and reversed back. We went to in us. reverse. And we still had paint on us and stuff. On the highway. Yeah. Well, they could do it because there was no one on the highway. It was just us. Yeah. And we was like, yo, what the fuck? You know, how do you... Especially at that time, like, you're 2.30 in the morning. What the fuck are you doing over... There wasn't that bike path that's there now. There was no way of being there. No logical or explanation... Right. Explanational way of being there. Right. So fucking... The cops start reversing. I'm like, yo... Just play along And as they get closer I grab his hand And we start holding hands Like with fags and shit And we just started we, we didn't even pay them any mind We just started walking Holding hands And when they fucking Pulled up to us And they saw us holding hands It was like ah, Fuck it mother. They mumbled some shit And they just fucking drove off Oh shit Well OG was a really good actor Like <laughs> It was like a rule He was born for but no, but seriously, like, yeah, we just, we just pretended because back in, back in those days in the meat markets, there was a lot of like prostitutes and male prostitutes and, and there was like seedy behavior. Oh, so yeah, the, so the, the city was filled with <laughs> They thought we were just part of that element and they just, and they just let us go. But it was a really clever a ruse that, that OJ came up with that allowed us to, to avoid getting caught that night. Yeah. There was uh, also also OJ just wanted to hold my hand for years. He had been wanting to hold my hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah secret out now. <laughs> you know, hey, as long as you don't push back, you're not gay. But that's another story. Oh, but um, so you know, talking about all them like private school parties, I would go to with these guys. One night it was uh, Deer Zentu Self. We were all in Self's house, and we went to this. This party around the corner from Fairway on Broadway. Keep going out. Right? And so they were telling me, like, yo, that dude Reese might be there. Uh, Like, if you see him, just avoid him. He's bad news. Because. (laughs) Big shout out to Reese. (laughs) Yo, shout out to Reese, bro. I love that guy. This is fucking, anyways. Yo, Reese used to fuck with them a lot all the time. Mm -hmm. Self and Zen 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are some great stories in itself, right there. Yeah, that's another chapter. Reese and and Ven make pretend they were DTs and fucking harass them and flip them and throw them on the wall and shit. Because Reese had like a cop car looking car. Oh, no shit. So we go go to this party and then I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't know who Reese is or whatever. And he's sitting in the kitchen, or this dude, this random dude is sitting. Mind you, he's older than us. 
too, right. you know? So that age difference comes into play in high school. Sure. So he's in the in the kitchen talking shit, you know, a couple of drinks, however many in to the night and talking shit about playing jacks. Like, yo, what's up, dude? I, I, I can do my onesies, my, you know, just talking all this shit. And, you know, me being me, I didn't fucking really let him talk shit to me. And I wind up taking a walk with him to the store and racking fucking beer. He hit his coat over it, went into a Shopwell supermarket that used to be on 77th in Amsterdam. Okay. And he had this leather MC coat and he put it over his shoulder. And that's how he racked the beer. He racked like three six packs under his arm in the coat. And we just left. So we went back to the party and everything was good and fucking, you know, especially that young, like 15, 16 years old, a, a 40 to the head will fucking set you off. Yeah, man, yeah. definitely. So we, you know, all of us fucking these other kids from from around your name fucking war. Uh, oh, uh, this is that night? Yeah, this is that night. <laughs> fucking. No, uh, was Shackman. What war the fuck way, war way. Yeah, go ahead, finish the story. So, what what sparked the whole shit off? I wasn't there that night. You wasn't there that night? I wasn't there. Uh, so, we wind up in front of the fucking Beacon Theater, and a fucking gang fight breaks out. And all of a sudden, uh, what the fuck was his name? Someone bust a bottle over Shock. That dude shocked. Not shock. It was his boy. No, 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 no. That's what I was about to say. That dude shock. That dude shock was there. I think, or, or shock kook. It wasn't kook. It didn't. Was it kook? It that happened. Yo, he got a forty busted over his head, mm-hmm. and we all just was fucking the term wilding out. Yeah. <laughs> we took off running to fucking Central Park. Yo, God bless Henry, man. I fucking. I dragged his ass down. Yo, to this day, he still walks fucked up, right? <laughs> I fucked his leg up, dragging him down the fucking... Hopping over the Central Park wall and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Good times. Yeah. Fucking... Back in the day. Yeah. Same Anything else? Shit. Fucking get together, reminisce, talk shit about all the yeah. crazy shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Jimmy, thanks for putting us together to have this moment and just oh, kind of reminisce. No. And share it with other people who care or who want to listen. I mean, you got any uh, words for these younger kids? If you had to tell them one thing, what would you? I don't know, man. It's just listen to your parents. As corny as that sounds, that's probably uh, listen to your parents, man. Listen to your parents. You know, do do what you want to do. Experiment. But at the end of the day, listen to your parents. Like. You only get one mother, you only get one father. But not only that, your fucking parents was your age too, and they yeah. fucking did a lot of dumb shit, you know. Yeah, they know. They, Don't take for granted. They invented the shit that you're doing now. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I always tell my daughter that. Like, I could tell. Like, if she's, like, trying to bullshit me a little bit, I'll look at her, and then she knows me, and she'll stare at me, I'll look at her, give her like, the look, and then she'll start, like, this little grin. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, listen, I'm like... Just you could never be scared to tell me anything ever. Like I stress that to her, especially she's a girl. Like never be afraid to talk to me about anything. That's right. The best thing you can ever. Right. Because right. I'm telling you, I've been there. I've done that. I could probably complete your sentence about the lie that you're about to tell me. Like 
I know it. So never be scared to tell me anything. I tell the truth. Just, just exactly. Tell me the truth. I, even if it's something bad or whatever, like I'll get over it. But you told me the truth. Yeah, God so, forbid they need someone there to help. Exactly. Them. Never like, be scared to talk to me. Right, like, like I like. Whatever, like putting aluminum foil in the microwave and you burn out the microwave and now you're a kid and you're like, oh, I'm shook. I just destroyed the microwave. Like, the microwave's not the fucking problem. The problem is, like, tell me so that you don't burn out the house. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, th- there's a thing that happens with kids where we're, you get afraid to, like, admit to something you did because you think you're going to get in trouble. Right. The thing you're going to get in trouble for is not being upfront about what happened so that we can protect. So right. that you can but be- that shit carries over into... To being an adult, like of course, if you fuck up, you actually will be respected more for owning for up owning to your up shit to your than than trying to cover it up. Sure, and don't let me find out from another source. Tell me, and then everything is fine. When everything can be worked out, for the most part. <laughs> cool. And, and friendship is enduring. Yeah, man. You know, like. Pick your friends, make your friends, and take care of your friends. Look out for your friends, and life will reward you. Yeah, cool. Maybe a part three down, down, down the fucking down, down the fucking road. It's up to the people, man. Listen, it'll be fine. I'm telling you, it'll be fine. <laughs> the first one did great. I'm sure. I'm this fucking. Do just as good. I'm down for whatever, bro. All right, sounds good. You know, absolutely. We'll bring more characters up here to bring fucking talk shit. Bring fucking characters. We like characters. <laughs> Everyone likes the shit show stories. I I I love graffiti, even though I was never a real graffiti writer, nothing to speak of really. But like I, I touched on like on the first episode when we got together, like I grew up, you know, in Canarsie. There was all graffiti writers around. There was a lot of my friends were graffiti writers and shit like that. So, and, and I'm always still, I'm always still looking around. I'll be on the train. I'll be with my face up against the window, looking through the tunnel. Like, still, you know what I mean? That never go, gets... It, it never oh. goes away. So, so I, I enjoy all this kind of shit. And furthermore, like, we're talking about graffiti, but what we're really talking about, if you take that layer off, is just kids growing up in New York City and friendship. Right? Like, that's, that's, the, that's the root of what these stories are about. Like, graffiti is just... A layer to it Sure But it's really just about Growing up in New York City What we saw Who we bumped into And graffiti being a part of that Yeah Talk about bump, bumping into We always fucking bumped into A lot of people We were bombing out And fucking uh, We went to Naked City Strip club Years and years Ago out there On Queens Boulevard And shit And the plan was We would walk back From Queens Back over the bridge and fucking paint. Right. So that's what we did. We walked back to the Upper West Side from Queens Boulevard out there, you know, and we were fucking strolling down the street and shit, and we see these two fucking, like a girl and a guy painting, the girls looking out for the guy, and the guy's filling in in the shit, like this fucking huge, massive fucking throw of like fucking three blocks long and shit. Right. You know, and the, the fucking dude is filling it in, and we fucking pull up. And that shit says, Miss Max. 
on the wall. <laughs> and so obviously we see a girl there. I'm like, yo, we like, yo, what's up? You miss Mags? And she was like, nah. She but, was like the plantation owner. And yeah, yo, she had, this, she had this youngin out there doing the dirty like, work, uh, doing uh, the filling. Yes, and with, yo, which is fucking epic. That's great. I wish I could get a fucking dude to walk around. You know, I do like, my yo, outline. You missed the corner. Like, yo, you you missed the corner. Get that spot right yeah, there. Yeah, he's directing him and shit. No shit. But the crazy shit is we, we, we continue on our journey and we get further down the road. We get there over there by Queensboro Plaza train station. And I'm like, yo, wait, that's, that's my man. We ran into Seuss. May he rest in peace. Sense and trach. Yeah, like we fucking trying to catch up to them and shit, and they keep walking faster and faster. I, I think Trake like, chasing them. Yeah, You're chasing them and like yeah, kind of chasing them. Like yo, yo Seuss, yo, Seuss. No, you didn't even say Seuss. You're just like yo, yo. They turn, they look at us, they see two guys, and then they just keep walking like they didn't hear us. All right. So we we kick it up a notch and walk a little like faster. Trake pulls out I'm a saying, knife. I'm saying to I'm saying to OJ, I'm like yo, like let, let them go, like whatever. And he's like nah, nah. I know them. Let's go. And we keep chasing him. And finally, Seuss is the one that stops. Yeah, yeah, And he yeah. turns and he's like, yo, what's up? And we walk up to him and we're like, yo, we know you. What's good? What's going on? He's like, yo, I didn't know who you guys were. And I'll tell you this. I don't walk towards beef. Like, Of course. <laughs> like, I'm not going to walk towards the beef. Like, And we're like, oh, we're cool. But then, yeah, that night we saw Sense. Trake. In one night, we saw Miss Mags. So everyone was had the same no, idea. No, we was all bombing. The same everyone was just like, let's just all go and like in different groups doing their thing. Was that where you one night in Brooklyn? We fucking ran into Jonah DAT and them no. kids painting the roof. No, no, I wasn't there every night that you went bombing. <laughs> Almost every night. <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, thanks for uh, having us and let, letting us shoot the shit. Whenever, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good with whatever. I'm easy. So we'll, 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 we'll reconvene at a later date. We get another couple of cast of characters. Yeah. And uh, we'll pick up on part three at some point. All right? Sounds good to me, sure. my brother. Cool talking to you, fellas. We're all here now.